0: Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And we do need you, Lord, so much. We really, really do. We thank you. Thank you that we have a mind to know that we need you. We have a mind to want to follow you, Lord, because you put that in us. So we thank you, Lord. We're here to hear what you want to say to us And we thank you that you always have something to say to us because you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So today I thought we'd talk a little bit about um, continuing with the Master. Continuing with the Master. It's so very important that we understand our Our role here in the earth, the Bible says, If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. What does that mean? That means don't get to a, a difficult spot in your life and quit give up, quit coming to church, quit praying, quit doing all the things that that you know would keep your Christian life together. Uh, so many people are are falling away from the faith now. You know, the Bible says that the Lord will not return, but unless there first be a great falling away. And we see where the government's helped that. You know, I would say the government helped that a lot with the lockdowns. Because there are so many churches, I mean, every state was a little more rigid about what they wouldn't allow you to do. Like in Michigan, the reason I couldn't continue to go back and forth is that because they had different laws up there, they don't let you gather up there like they did here, so we could gather here as long as we didn't go over a certain number and social distance and all that, and you know all that washing and you know you feel like a Pharisee <laughs> washing pots and washing cups and washing yourself and you know all that kind of stuff but uh, you tough it out because you want to continue to meet you know you you don 't want to forsake assembling uh yourselves together and I see how so many churches just never got back together after that you know now most places you know that ban has been lifted and and there are some churches that just don't don 't gather anymore you know some that don 't you know they were maybe doing twice a week now it 's just once and um so there's something going on here you know that's that's not good because if you can think about what what the advantage would be to the enemy and that is that if you if you shut down the worship and you shut down the prayer you pretty much shut down his opposition you got me so it's like the enemy can do pretty much anything he wants to if if believers are not gathering together in the name of the Lord and worshiping God and doing the work in the spirit that needs to be done, if that gets scattered, if it gets confused, if it gets put on the back burner and and all of the things that are happening to people now, now you see people who are using social media as their platform instead of the pulpit, you know, the traditional pulpit. Well, what are you going to do about people assembling together? you know the assembling doesn't mean get in front of your screen on facebook or, or wherever it is now if you can't do any better that's one thing i realize there are people that that may be shut in that can't get out that for for different reasons it's just really such a chore to be able to leave their homes and and come out, or maybe they don't know that they'll have assistance when they get there, I mean that's a big obstacle for some people, but barring that, I'm talking about able- bodied people who have the ability to get out and assemble together just don't want to do it anymore. I guess they feel like, well, I've survived all this time <laughs> without it. I guess i'll keep I don't know what goes through people's minds, but I know it ain't good. Amen. The Bible is still the Bible. Listen, when God put that scripture in the Bible, He knew this day was coming and He put it in there anyway. He didn't put in there there were any, uh, you know, exceptions to that. What happens when we gather together? We get stronger. That's what the enemy likes. He likes people off by themselves so He can pick them off. He can deceive them, tell them any kind of thing he wants them to to believe. And so, when when we gather together, there is a corporate strength there. There's a, a sanction by God. He'll he he sees we're obeying him, no matter what. You know, we we spent all that time. We've we spent at least three or four years studying the persecuted church in other nations. We study the persecuted church in uh, Asia. And, and some of the things that those people did just to be able to meet together and worship together, unbelievable. They They would be watched, some houses would be watched by the police, the local police force. And the people would wait until the coast was clear. But they didn't stop meeting together. Why? Because they knew God wanted them to. It's in his word, you know. And they risk everything. Just to be able to assemble together and we have the ability to do it and choose not to. Amen. There are people who are trying to make a ministry off of their Facebook page. And you don't know those people, you've never seen them, you don't know if (laughs) <laughs> there, you don't know anything about them. They're just somebody that's on there to say they're, you know, call themselves something. And so God never set that up. Now we we just know that God God has a, a better way for us, and His way is just to obey His word, just simply to obey His word. But there are so many people who don't go to church anymore, aren't interested in going. They go here and there. They don't want to be accountable. We're living in a day and age where people feel like they can go off and do what they want to do when they want to do it. And and they're not under anybody's authority. They're not under anybody's. And, you know, if you're not under authority, there's no power there. You got me? You don't have to be a Christian to figure that out. You know, the centurion that came to Jesus to heal his servant. He told Jesus, he said, oh, you don't have to come to my house. He said, I know how your, your, uh, power works. You get power from somebody else who has more power than you do. He said, why? Cause you're under authority. He said, I understand that. I'm a man under authority. You gotta be under the authority of God's ministers before you can receive anything from God. Now you might get a little love tap from him and know he loves you. He said, he'll never leave. The Holy Ghost don't move out of you be out of your body because you quit going to church but he can't help you a whole lot if you're in disobedience you understand what i'm saying and in this nonsense that people are talking about uh, i saw somebody with a a t-shirt on Uh, just because i left the church that don't mean i left god well what does that mean what does that really mean that's just something smart to say or something they think is smart to say it's, that doesn't prove that you're wise by any stretch of the imagination. Just proves you're disobedient and you're not ashamed of it. You at least ought to be ashamed of something. You know, if you know you're not doing right, you shouldn't feel good about it. Now you're trying to get brazen and bold about it but this is a time we're living in a great uh perilous time for the church and for Christians and but at the same time you see God's glory increasing on his people who are obedient on the remnant people so so his glory has to come in in a greater way to counteract the falling away, the people who are falling away from His glory and away from obedience. And so God has to have a way to, to keep His kingdom strong, keep His people obedient, keep, keep His, His plan on schedule. Because he's going to return to Earth, folks, whether anybody believes it or not. And when he comes, he's going to take obedient people. He's not going to be going into bars trying to raise somebody up out of there and say, "Well, come on, I came for you." Now you're you're going to be alert and and ready to go. Amen. I'm I'm ready to go the first time he cracks the sky. You know, I don't I don't I'm not depending on a, a a second trip because it won't be a second trip. Amen. And so God, in, in, it will be like a thief in the night to people who aren't aware. But to His select, His elect bride, we're not going to be caught unawares. We're going to be anticipating it. Amen. And we're going to be ready for it because He makes us ready. He makes obedient people ready for everything. And so we've, we've got to be ever prayerful and ever cautious about this casual attitude about church attendance, about uh, what we do when we gather together. Amen. You know, there's some churches that do more entertaining than they do anything else. They're not big on the word. They're not preparing their people for, for the, the warfare that's out there. They're not even praying very much. And so you have to be careful to, to stay with where God called you because trust me, this ain't the first time this has happened in church history. Where people start to fall away, they get less interested in God, less interested in the things of God. And, and why? Because the enemy's always trying to separate us from the love of God. If he can put a wedge between you and God, that's what he's here for. That's what he did in the garden. He put a wedge between Adam and Eve through deception. So he's always using the same tools. Why? Because they work. He deceives a lot of people. Amen? So you don't want to be one of those. You want to stay close to the Lord. You want to be always in his presence and worshiping God, thanking him for what he's doing, looking to him, God, what do you want to do today? I want to do what you want me to do today. I don't have any plans. Amen? And and be that type of of believer so that God can always want to bless you. So these are very uncertain times that we're living in now, folks. These are times when people... Are falling away from the faith and don't even know it. They think, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm taking a break. How you get a break from God? He's got to wake you up. Every- you mean, <laughs> He is the air you breathe. If He don't keep your body functioning, you won't be breathing. How you going to get a break from that? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's so crazy. You need to put your heart in it. This is a problem with people. Their heart is not in a lot of what they do. They're just getting along in a, a very marginal way they're They're tolerating a lot of things they're going along with a lot of stuff because they're afraid to put their whole heart into things. but you put your heart into the things of God and and that pays great dividends That's the only th- God's the only one you can give your total uh, uh allegiance to your total attention to where it'll pay off for you. It'll pay off tremendously if you continue to follow God. Many times people fall away and they're too proud to come back. Amen. They got to wait until they get beat up and cast aside and you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and many times you need to go back to the place you left and talked about everybody when you left. Amen. You need to go back there. Humble yourself. Go back and make amends. To people you know I've had people that I've called and apologized to it just because we had a disagreement didn't agree on something in the word or didn't agree on doctrine or something like that you know I said well you know I just really am very sorry that that this had to split us up you know but but you know I'm I'm willing to ask your forgiveness and whatever you know you just you just do the right thing amen As as Mr. Spike Lee would say, you know, you know a right thing to do and and do that and and just don't let yourself live in that place of avoiding everything and and uh, not being honest and forthright we we got to be honest in this life you know and and uh, just do what what god expects us to do at all times and and i know that if we live that way god will always have a blessing for us you'll always be welcome wherever wherever you are uh, in the Kingdom of God, God will always have an open door for you, you know and uh and and it's just a good thing to live like that. you know, live honest, live honest with yourself, honest before God, and allow God to bless your life just because you you're a person of integrity, you want to do His will at all times, so this falling away is is what we're living through right now, where all of the i say the major uh, beliefs of the church, the things that, that, that we support and things that we hold dear are really being challenged. And, and I mean on a major scale, uh, on a political front, our faith, our beliefs are being challenged. Uh, the church is, is pro-life, but you'll see many times there are preachers who tolerate abortion, will even speak from the pulpit that that's mercy and in all kinds of weird ideas that they have it's taking a life amen it's killing and god doesn't it, the, you know the bible says you shall not commit murder amen i mean that's that's really what what that commandment is about it's about the shedding of innocent blood it has nothing to do with uh you know there's there's self-defense killing there's killing you know the Bible talked about all of that where there was accommodations made for people that took a life unintentionally uh, their lives were spared but but anybody who takes a life deliberately his blood has to be shed in exchange for that so all of these women getting abortions their, their lives should be taken for taking the life of that baby the doctors that perform them too According to God's word. Don't ever you get up there and give somebody a pass on God's word. That's not your job to correct God's word. He don't care what we think about anything. We're supposed to get in line with what he thinks about it. I don't have, that's their business. No, it's not. It's everybody's business. It's everybody's business. You're a child of God. He gives you a voice for a reason. Amen. It gives you a voice so you can speak up, so you can encourage somebody who is contemplating an abortion. Counsel them and go tell them, keep that baby. That's not right. I'll help you. I'll pray for you. Whatever. Amen. People in this ministry have done that and helped people. And, And you look at that child now, and that child is normal, healthy, and the mother loves it. She was just getting ready to make a wrong decision. Well, if you're not going to be the church and step up and give them counsel, the counsel of God, what are you doing here? You know, sit by and just let it happen. And you have a voice and you can have some input. Amen. It's the same thing with every other kind of sin. You see people going walking off into darkness. What are you going to do? You want to stand there and watch. And then condone. Say it's okay. That's not our job to say this isn't our word. This is God's word. We're, but we've got to be faithful custodians of it. You just can't sit up and shrug your shoulders about everything. You were given a mouth. You have a, you have a mandate from God to go and preach the good news. Your sins are forgiven. You don't have to commit this sin. You can walk away from this. Amen. God will help you. God is pro-life. Amen. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. My goodness. It's staring at all of us in the face. We got to stop being so passive about everything. You know, you're here for a purpose, a godly purpose. Nobody's going to dislike you forever. <laughs> and if they do, so what? You haven't lost anything. You, you don't lose. When people walk away from you, you don't lose anything. The Bible says here, you, know, you if you lose somebody because of standing up for God, he said, they'll bring you more people. So God says, no problem with me to replace somebody with somebody much better in your life. So let's not even go there. Amen. And you don't know that that baby that might have been aborted. and you You talked the mother into keeping that baby. You don't know what that baby's future is. You don't know what they might turn out to be. You understand? But if you continue to pray for them and let God have his hand in their lives, they'll turn out being a wonderful person for God. You don't know. That might be the next Billy Graham. Amen. Oral Roberts. You have no idea. But if you can spare a life, spare a life, folks. Amen. And let's quit being so passive about everything. You know, the church is, you know, and and then when things go haywire, then the people in the world want to point the finger at the church. Well, where was the church when all this was going on? See, they're holding us accountable if we're not holding ourselves accountable. We have to hold ourselves accountable for the gospel, folks. Speak up when you know wrong is going on. There's so much wrong going on now in the world, and we can't shrug and, and hide. When it comes and sits at your doorstep, you've got to speak up for God. You gotta ask God to give you the words. You don't have to know in advance what you're gonna say. Just God help me. You know, show me what to say, Lord. I don't know what to say. But I know what this person is doing, get ready to do is wrong. And I'm going to speak up for you and give them your word. Amen. And just let God do the rest of it. He just wants us to speak up on his behalf. So in the world, people are, are we are, the church is pro-life. And the world is pro-abortion. Amen. Jesus is pro-life. He takes a stand for life. He always has and he always will. God created us in his image we have no right to destroy each other amen god hasn't given us that permission so in the world they they want to now they're into child murder instead of just abortion you know when you see a a a, a state government give a standing ovation because they just passed a law to kill a baby after it's born there's something wrong with that that this nation folks you just can't sit up and look at that and shrug your shoulders because they'll be coming for you next. Who's to say they don't have a law against killing whoever? Well, thank God Roe versus Wade was overturned, but now we've got to work on state level. There's some states that are are stockpiling abortion pills. You got me? Waiting just waiting to kill more babies. Now see this has gotten it it's gone from uh uh um here and there, this is the way they well, well you know, just in the case of the mother's life is threatened that seldom happens. You understand what I'm saying? Seldom happens. Or rape or incest. Well there are a lot of women that got raped to have the baby. See, this is where you get stupid, folks. This is where man is trying to take God's place. And this is where it gets really stupid. Because man is so evil, he don't know where to stop. And he's so deranged, he thinks he's doing something wise. He thinks he's doing something smart when he does evil. And so God has to put people on the earth who will stand up and say no more. Uh Uh-uh, this is wrong. This is not right. So we've got people now trying to, to determine and, and what they're doing now, whether you know it or not, is that they are working on a way to give people social credit scores that will allow you to buy and sell. You can only have so much food. You can only have so much, can only travel. You can only, you, they want a social credit score and they're working on it. They've, they've got microchips that people are letting them put inside their wrists and arms and so forth. So that they can, can be, and people want this. There are people that want it. They don't think there's anything wrong with it. But the devil is doing it all to separate us from God. So we start depending on man instead of depending on God. Depending on uh um uh, uh you know what people say oh, oh we're running out of food we're running out of this we're running our God don't run out of nothing now they may but you don't and you got to live in that place where you can pray and you can expect God to always take His word as good I don't care what's happening in the world you don't need a social credit score to get anything your credit is good in heaven all the time. Amen. And you got to learn how to live like that. You can't get influenced by these crazy people because they never, people have been saying we're running out of everything since since I've been in the world. There's always some doomsayers who say, well, you know, the world is too many people. That's the first thing you say, too many overpopulation, too many people in the world. Who says so? God runs this world. There's never too many for him to take care of. But you small-brained people, just because you, you got billions of dollars, that don't make you smart. And that doesn't make you able to run nothing. So while the church and God are pro-life, the world is promoting abortion. The church is pro-marriage. In the world, they promote fornication, same-sex marriage, divorce. There's no sense of commitment anymore. You don't have to get married. It's, you want a baby? Go get a baby. Go find a man to to give you some some sperm, or you know they even have you can go buy sperm, donate. Do you understand? What if you don't want to be bothered with child support in the court system? You got me. All this stuff they think is advanced. People think this is an improvement over God's ways. God is pro family. He wants a mother, father, legally married and their children. They take care of their own children. There are school systems now that will tell the parents, you don't know what's best for your children. We do. And parents listen to them. They've been listening to that forever. You know, when the, the, you know, when Women first started working more, working outside the household. All the kids went to daycare. You think that was by accident? You think that was just a nice convenience somebody did for you? That was to get control over them. Why? So that they could rebel against you. You know, when the, the Nazis took over, they worked on the kids first. They get indoctrinate the children in school. This is the best way to live. If your parents don't like it, you turn them in. There are more parents in concentration camps because their children went back and told on them. Mm-hmm. That's true, though. How you think that idiot Hitler got to take over almost all the known world? And he was on his way to taking it over, folks. You know, we've got the witchcraft that's been loosed in this country and this government is kind of small scale compared to him. You know, we've had the innocent blood of abortion that's that's worked the witchcraft that we've been under in this nation. But I thank God he's gotten rid of the major part of that. They're still doing abortions, but not as freely as they have been. All of the states, most states that that are non- uh, that have a heartbeat bill now. After the baby has a heartbeat, you can't take its life. I mean, it's an improvement, but we got to do better. See, I'm not going to quit praying until there's no abortion, because there was a time we didn't do abortions. We were a Christian nation. Whether everybody was a Christian or not, we respected God's laws. And we respected life. You don't create life, you can't kill it. Only the creator has that power. You know, people have gotten outrageous now. So instead of a family with mother and father legally married, we've got single parents, common law, people coming and going, not taking care of the children, grandparents now got to do the major child raising. It's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. And it's not getting them anywhere. You ask the average woman that's got two kids, different daddies, three, four, five different. Are you happy? Now you stressed. Tell the truth. Amen. Because that system doesn't work. It was never meant to work. Amen. Same thing with same-sex marriage. You know, now these people say they married. Now they, they always want more. That's never enough. They always want more. Amen. Why do they want more? Because they can't really get rid of the guilt. They're trying to help us make us get rid of the guilt for them. Well, you can't get rid of somebody's guilt. God's the only one who can do that. Amen. You lead them to the Lord, the guilt'll go. Amen. The more you get legally, the less happy you are when you're in sin. So you can make sin as legal as you want to, you're not going to be happy in that life. It's just not going to happen. Amen. So So the church are are we are are uh people who respect the laws of our country. We respect the constitution. The Bible says, "Render to Caesar what's Caesar's." Caesar wants people to have an allegiance to him. Not come here and want to fight for another country while you're a citizen here you stand up for this country now we got people burning the flag we got people talking about how racist this nation is you don't have to respect the laws and this is a no good government well you don't have a better one you don't have a better government to put in place of this one and you ain't gonna do it because there are too many people who stand for the constitution of this nation And not that foolishness you talk about. The church stands for love and respect. In the world, people want hatred, strife, crime. Anything that they can do to upset somebody else's day, they do it. The church wants to honor people. And and build character. You know, godly character in people. You know, the world likes law-breaking. They make fun of it. Amen? When our standards are attacked, then we are attacked, and our God is attacked. When they make fun of us because we love God, and we worship God, and we give our money to the things of God. When when people make fun of you for that, it's because they they attack our values. They don't value the things we value. You see churches with l g b t q on the outside of them amen and I, we told you about that testimony we had from that church we we had our empowerment meeting in. We went one Saturday we finally went in there, and after we prayed, we told the Lord Lord told me to to just go He said, just go, and we went we stayed there for two years. We didn't do anything prayer wise or you know, attack them or anything like that. And then one day God told me, he said, give me my church back. And I said, oh, okay. He, sometimes God's dealing with people to change. So their time was up. So we marched around that church. Everybody, we went, some people went up, everybody, somebody went up to that church once a day for a week and drove around that church and prayed and broke the power of the devil. Give us this church back in Jesus' name. Then the seventh day we went. It was one of our. It was our meeting day, and we drove around seven times and broke the devil's power over that thing. Two months later, church was up for sale. The homosexual church had moved out. Do you understand what I'm saying? You move by unction. God wants us to. To He don't like sin. Are you kidding me? And you gonna take a church away from Christians that God paid for? And tolerate sin in there and encourage people sin. Now I'll let somebody come in all day long if they renounce that and want to live for Jesus. That's what we do up in here, but we don't, we don't say you can still sin and pat you on the back. We don't do that to anybody. I moved when uh, when I moved. I noticed there was a church, an old, you know, like a a, a, what kind of church was that? United Presbyterian or something? They got a sign out there, LGBTQ affirming. They're just drawing people, luring people in. And I I told the Lord, I said, Well, Lord, I'm just gonna do this one. I said I don't want it in my neighborhood. (laughs) you know, But anyway, I just sensed the Lord was telling me, he said, I want you to bless this neighborhood. I want this neighborhood to prosper. And I said, and it can't prosper. We tolerate sin. It's enough sin already with the bars and all that kind of stuff. And so I just started speaking and and telling it. I said, nope, you're going to serve God in this church. Nope, you're not affirming anything sinful. I cast you down in the name of Jesus. I drove around that church for many days breaking the devil's power next thing i know the sign's gone they ain't affirming nothing no more they're just just christians now you got me so god knows how to take care of these things but we can't sit up and just look at it and say oh look at that now they shouldn't be doing that well what you gonna do about it you got a mouth you got the holy spirit you even pray in tongues You need to do something about these things. Break the devil's power. He doesn't have any power unless we tolerate it. So God wants us to be people who live for him and and not back down from his standards. Amen. There are a lot of Christians who, or church people, pick up worldly attitudes, and then they start leaving the protection of the church. Little bit by little bit, they just ease their way out. Amen. And, and the enemy is looking and laughing because now he's got sheep wandering around with no shepherd. Amen. All the times Jesus looked at the sheep and had compassion on him because he said they're like, they're like sheep without a shepherd when he would see people that were in darkness, didn't know which way to go and, and didn't know right from wrong, all that kind. He wanted to gather them together and show them the right way. And this is what he's left his people here to do, is to gather people together and show them the right way. But we can't do it if people are deceived into being separated from God's love. Many times they don't know that the enemy is separating them. But you start taking on these worldly attitudes about things. And little bit by little bit, you start getting cold to God. You don't care If you go to church, you don't care about this. You don't care about that. And pretty soon, you're you stepped away from the love of God. So the Apostle Paul talked about many things that that would separate us from God's love. In Romans chapter 8, if you'll turn there, and we're all somewhat familiar with this list, but this list is more important now than it's ever been because you can see how people will just stop serving God. Just you, no, it's too hard. It's too much. I don't want to do that anymore. I got better things to do. He says here in um verse 835, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress Persecution, famineness, nakedness, or peril of the sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. He says, no, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. That is, if you can overcome it. Amen. You've got to stay with God. You've got to understand that these are attacks of the enemy to separate you from God. Amen. Yeah, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, well, I, I, I didn't, I left the church, but I didn't leave God or I didn't leave y'all. Well, yes, you did because I'm still serving God and you're over there doing nothing. Amen. So yeah, you did leave me. Well, I still love everybody. No, you don't. Don't, don't fool yourself. You know, this is the height of deception where people will lie to themselves about how they really feel. You know you don't feel right about people. Many times the enemy's been working on people forever. They they have one thing where they got offended by something somebody said, and they nurse it for years. They hold on it to to it for years, can't let go of it. And then pretty soon they just get fed up. Why? Because they're not doing what God called them to do. God called you to learn. When you go to anybody's church, you go to learn. You're not there for them to pay attention to you. You're not there to be the number one person there to get all the attention, to to be uh a, a, the lead singer in the choir. Thank God we don't have that problem. You understand what I'm saying? We our lead singers, we can turn them on, turn them off when we get ready to. Makes it real easy. Trust me. If that's one area you don't have a bunch of warfare over, you understand what I'm saying? Because somebody I always want to fight somebody to get up front. Amen. So I mean, seriously, you can save yourself a lot of grief and trouble just by simplifying things. <laughs> Thank God for a simple, a simple way of doing things. Amen. And so that many times people just nurse offenses, nurse grudges. And they don't realize God sent you to that church so that you could learn how to love people. How do you learn to love them? By forgiving them. That's the first thing that you're taught to do. Amen. Yeah, that, that was the first empowerment of the Holy Spirit that Jesus gave the disciples after He was they they raised Him from the dead. Amen. When God raised him from the dead, that was the first thing He gave them. He breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. Whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whoever sins you retain, they're retained. So people who are offended and get fed up and leave, they're retaining sins. They're not forgiving them. They're not releasing that so that God can heal them. They're not releasing that so the love of God can pour out of their hearts again. Amen. I mean, the love of God. I'm not talking about that nice act we put on when we come somewhere. I'm talking about real stuff. Amen. And it gets bottled up and Jesus knew what he was doing when he he breathed on them and told them, you go around and you start forgiving people. When you guys get into them arguments, remember them arguments Peter y'all used to have, who was gonna sit on my right hand, who gonna sit on my, well quit doing that. You start forgiving each other now. And see, they've been taught it, but they didn't have the power to do it. And now he was giving them the power to do it. He said, whoever sends you forgive, they're forgiven. That's how the people that, that grew to the, the 500, over 500 people that saw Jesus uh leave the earth on the day of Pentecost, that's how that number grew to that number by forgiveness of sins. You don't gather with people that you have offense over, you don't gather people to with people you have animosity towards. You gather with people that you can show love to. And oh and, and forgiveness is necessary so that love can flow. If we don't learn how to instantly forgive, the love gets bottled up on the inside of us, and then we're angry and frustrated. Amen. Because we don't feel good; we feel out of sorts, and we don't feel this way, because it's all bottled up. And so, you forgive to let the to let the dam break. You know, let that let the love flow out of your heart. It'll shock you sometimes the difference forgiveness will make. When you really earnestly said in your heart, God, I want to be a forgiving person. I want you to help me with this, because I see this ain't an easy thing to do all the time. Because I want to sit up and talk about what it's my right to do, and I got a right to feel like this, and they they did me wrong, and I got a right to do this, and I I want to do that, God. We all want to do that, but that's not for us to do anymore. We gotta let go of that. Why? Because we're looking for a higher purpose. You gotta go up higher. If you want all the things that God has for you, they come through righteousness. They don't come through grudge holding. They don't come through being bitter and angry at, angry at people. They come through love and, for, and love is shed abroad through forgiveness. You got all these people packed up in on the inside of you. You hating on it because they did me that. They didn't do that to me. I didn't have this, and I never. You got all this stuff still on the inside of you. You're a prisoner. You are a prisoner, and you don't even love yourself enough to let yourself feel good about you or anybody else. And so when we get like that, we need to know God has a remedy for it. God's got a remedy for everything. We just can't sit up and be grudge holders and roam from church to church. And then when they leave, they talk about everybody. Like we done done something to you. God sent you here for the same thing he sent me here. And that's to learn. And learn how to live for him. Amen. That's why everybody sent to church. But if the devil can talk you out of staying and talk you into moving before you learn one thing. That's what I tell people. I said, don't tell me about church hurt. Don't give me that. Because you done been hurt by so many people you still trying to, all them people you still trying to kiss up to. And they done walked all over you. How come you can't do that with church people? We better people than the people in the world. Nobody's asking you to do that anyway. We're asking you to forgive. In fact, forgiveness is a command. You can't sit up and be mean and mad at people forever. You'll rot on the inside, amen, and you won't be any good to you or anybody else. You know, a lot of those people don't stay anywhere long enough to learn anything. God sent you there to learn. I remember when uh, I think Pastor Shirley was saying, she said, yeah, God told me to just sit on that front row and shut up and, and and Listen. You know, we first started having church because I certainly didn't know where this was going to go and what I was doing, but I was doing my best, you know. And she said, yeah, the Lord just told me just sit and shut up and learn. I said, oh, okay, well, that's easy. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. And And that's what you do. You start with the simple things of obeying God. Amen. And then you move on from there. But you don't move. You don't let things move you. You don't let attitude move you. You don't let disappointment move you. You don't let anything move you. But you got to stay there with a loving and a right attitude. You know, don't be like you. You know, I remember Baptist people. They were some hard people. Hey, they ain't running me out of the church. I said, oh, my goodness. You know, that sounded real loving right there. You ever been around them people? They ain't running me out of here. I said, oh, my goodness. And get on they same pew. You can't sit in the wrong seat in the church. and I mean, you can't make no mistakes with some religious people. Amen. But they're there. And, and you know, you pray for them. People say, God will just touch them. If they going to stay here like that, <laughs> soften their hearts while they're here. Help them out. You know, they're entrenched, so help them. They're not going anywhere, so do the next thing. Help them. Help them to stay right. Help them to get sweet on the inside. Take that bitter water out of there and, and turn it sweet. Amen. God will do it. Amen. He'll do it. That's his job to point those things out to us. And it, once you get in the habit of forgiving, it gets easier. I'm not going to say it's a snap breeze all the time because don't ever take that attitude with anything. Amen. It's, it's an endeavor in God. It takes humility to do it, but it does get if you make up your mind to, to forgive immediately, it gets easier. You gotta have forgiveness on the tip of your tongue in all situations. So because there's gonna be come up things that, that you have misunderstandings, things that, that you know that, that could be trouble for you, that you're gonna have to just immediately say, Lord, I forgive that person and please forgive me for being so touchy. Amen. That it's wrong to be touchy about everything. Everything is about you. It ain't always about you. Amen. So we have to learn those things. Amen. But, but this is the difference between the church and the world. The church is a forgiving body. The world isn't. And the world is getting worse. You know, you see some of these people, you can't say certain things and like, I'm offended if you, if you call me a she or a he. Well, I don't have to call you at all. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, mean, we could just part company right here. And if you that touchy, let's just go our separate ways right now. Amen. Take me off your list. But see, and and they have laws now. People can sue you. They can put you see these kids, children are being suspended from school because they call a boy a boy and a girl a girl. Well, look at something besides CNN or whatever that stuff is. So turn that TV off and start finding some information on things, folks. And understand what the enemy's doing here. He's, he's trying to take over conversation, take over freedom, take over everything. So, you know, it'll, it'll be, you, you can get sued for saying the wrong thing at the wrong time to the wrong person. It's ridiculous. Amen. Totally ridiculous. So the church has to fight back. But offenses are one of the things that will try and separate us from God's love. Tribulation. Trouble. How many Christians quit praying and quit believing God for their miracle just because things seem to be getting tough? See, it's easy when you first start praying. You feel, you know, you feel a release. You feel like, wow, God's gonna do it and feel like he's gonna do it soon. Then, you know, it's six months go by, then a year goes by, nothing's happened yet. And many times people, people will walk away from the things of God, you know, because of that. That's why I make it a point to keep up with people. You know, ask them how things are going. You know, how's it going with so-and-so? How's it going with this? I'm not interested in your business. You know, it's the first thing people devil tell people. Well, that ain't her business. What you, what she knows and around your business for. Huh? Now, if you get hard up, God really wants to help you. He'll tell me what the thing is. Now, that's nothing for God to do. You don't have any secrets. The Bible says everything's naked and open to him. God knows everything. And there are times he needs to rat on people just so they won't walk around being stupid with a bunch of problems that they're ashamed of. We all fight in the same devil. Don't ever be ashamed of what the devil's doing to you. Amen? Just don't let it get away with it. Well, that ain't her business. I don't know why she always asks me that. Because you don't want to talk about it. Because you ain't doing nothing about it. That's the problem. It's up to you if you want to. You know, people ask you, well, uh, I'm praying for so-and-so. You know, or praying in agreement. You know, you, you get into a prayer of agreement with somebody. Pretty soon they mad. Don't want to pray about it no more. That ain't my fault you got mad. Amen. So don't bite my head off. I'm just asking you how the prayers get any progress. Give me an update. How do we pray next? Amen. And you all talking about like, I'm in your business. Well, that was our business at one time. At one time, you was begging for a prayer partner. Now you don't care if you got one or not. Because it ain't going the way you think it ought to be going. Well, welcome to the club. I could give you a list of all the things I'm still waiting on God to do. So we all fighting the same devil. Don't fight me. Fight him. Tribulation. that You know, people fall away because they don't get what they want fast enough. You look at all the people who have been promised the wealth transfer. Remember that? Everybody in the church waiting on money. My deal is get yours now. Don't wait on some you understand when if that comes fine, when it comes fine. But you need to put in a be putting a demand on your faith for the now, for possessions to come to you now all the time. Have your faith out there all the time for God to prosper you, for He to bless the, the work of your hands. All of that. Keep it out there all the time. Why well, we gotta wait on I gotta wait for you and you gotta wait for her. That ain't right. That just ain't right. Amen. Now God may be promising something big that's coming above and beyond, but I gotta pay bills every week. I gotta pay, you know, my mortgage, not mortgage, I don't have a mortgage, praise God, but I gotta pay insurance, I gotta pay car insurance, I got bills to pay. So I gotta keep paying those regardless. I can't sit up and be expecting, ooh, I'm waiting for this, ooh, I'm waiting, no, I'm not, I ain't waiting for nothing. In fact, while you wait, I might take yours. (laughs) You wait if you want to. Amen. I want everything that's coming to me the minute it's coming. Amen. And sooner if I can get it. So tribulation, that's one thing. Trouble. You know, the enemy starts kicking up. You know, stealing from you. What do you do about it? Well, you fight back. You don't fall away. And see, these are things that the enemy uses to separate, just keep driving that wedge between us and God. Didn't you, you didn't get this yet. Or you didn't wonder what's taking so long. See, those are, are the lies of the enemy. To put that wedge between us, and anything he can do to keep us from staying close to God and trust. Well, I wouldn't serve a God that couldn't take care of me. Huh? Well look, devil, you didn't take care of me either when I was serving you. Huh? Sometimes you need to find your book of Job and pull him out. You know where the the wife said, curse God and die? He said, Woman, you crazy. He said can't we receive good and bad in life and still serve God? Amen. The Bible promises tribulation. You think the devil is just going to let you have a high old time? You serving God, you praying in tongues, you blessing everything and everything's going well. You think he's just going to sit back and let that happen forever? No, he's going to get in there and try to mess it up. That's his job. He delights in doing that stuff to us. And so Jesus said in the world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have some trouble. But he said, cheer up and be of good cheer. Why? Because he's overcome the world. In other words, if you stay with him, that thing won't last forever. It's going to subside at one time. And you'll be able to get the blessing that God, the devil won't steal from you and keep it. You can demand it back. You can demand sevenfold back from him. But you got to be willing to fight and, and fight the enemy. Amen? I see more Christians fighting each other and they scared of the devil. You know, you tell them, well, you know, come on and pray with me and let's, let's take this back and all that. I don't know about taking that back stuff. They don't teach that at my church. Huh? Well, how do you think you're going to live? If you, if you looked up every day and something was missing from your house, you know, say it's in your living room. First it's a, uh, you know, your little tchotchkes off the, the thing and next the end table is gone, the lamp is gone, all that kind of stuff. If somebody told you they knew where it was, what would you do? You go get it, go call the police to go get it, you do something to get it back. That's just normal to want your stuff back. It's abnormal to sit up and talk about you can't talk to the devil to make him drop stuff. But yet we want, uh, I see people bombard heaven. Gotta bomb, you ain't gotta bombard heaven. Heaven's open to you. You're a child of God. He's your father. Well, you think you're gonna beat down God's door. The door's open. You don't have to bombard God for nothing. You just gotta use your faith, huh? And quit listening to the devil's lies. God is not against us. He's for us. He's already given us everything. That pertains to life and godliness. He's given you everything you're ever going to need in life. You have it already. You just got to believe that. And then you got to talk to him and find out how to get it. You got to find out how to get him to give it to you. Amen. How to get it released into your life. And so people let trouble separate them from God's love. And many times it's trouble they create on their own. I've seen people that, you know, let their house payment get behind and expect God to just let them stay there forever for free. Then when they get evicted, they want to leave the church. Well, God didn't do anything wrong to you. He gave you money every month to pay your house note. How come you didn't pay it? Huh? You're mad at him because he you found out he wasn't a pushover. You find to found out he don't bless people that are doing wrong. He expects his kids to live according to God's not a thief and he doesn't encourage his children to steal. So you're really stealing from the bank or whoever holds your mortgage. You want to stay there for free. They get mad because God didn't just let you stay there. Now, how crazy is that? Amen. And so many times we, we let these things separate us instead of, you know, in, in, you know what? I've seen God, if people will repent, I've seen God do some of the most miraculous things. You know, they, they'll ask God's forgiveness. God will say, well, why don't you call the bank? And the bank will say, well, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll make an exception in your case. If you can keep up your payments, for X number of, you, we can reschedule and get you back on again. They'll do some remarkable things. But that's for people who will be honest and repent. You're not going to get it being mad because God didn't let you get away with it. Nonsense. Total nonsense. And so tribulation is one of the things that people allow to put a wedge between them and God. Any kind of trouble that comes. That's why the enemy loves bringing trouble our way. And you got to understand this. He, God does not allow him to bring as much trouble to your life as he would like to. I'm going to say it again. God doesn't let the devil bring as much trouble to your life as he would like to. You look at the first chapter of Job, and you see where God limited what he allowed Job to do. I mean, the Satan to do to Job. He told him, he said, no, don't take his life. Amen. Job was being tested, just like we get tested. Amen. Thank God people don't, but there are some people that lose their children. That lose their their families, lose their spouses. And, and they're serving God the best way they know how. But they've got to be careful to stay close to God, ever so close to Him. You know, when you start suffering loss, that's not the time to separate from God. That's not the time to get angry, bad mouth Him, you know, uh, say it's not fair, all that kind of stuff. He'll forgive you for all of it, but you gotta put a limit on that. Because that's a kind of talk That will give the enemy the upper hand in your life and he'll start deceiving you even more. So trouble, tribulation, hard times, difficulties, getting in situations that you just have to wait out. You can't change them right away. Feeling tied down in a situation that doesn't change quickly. You have to endure. It's what the Bible says we have to do. We have to endure hardness like good soldiers amen because we're working for something this isn't just some kind of you're not doing this just for the fun of it for to just be going through something for no reason there's there's something good at the end of it god changes your character if you don't think that's important you try to live in the old way you used to live amen and see how that that suits you See, God's changing our character. We're becoming more like Christ. Where we can endure more. Why? Because this world is here giving it out. There's, there's not a way to escape these things. There's, you can't, you just can't escape everything. Amen? But the Bible does give you a way to escape the difficulty of it so that you can endure. Amen? That you can come through. That you can still hold on to God and say, God, look, I I had to do this because I didn't have a way out. And I understand that it's part of the persecution that we get. Amen. It's just part of it. And so I thank you that you held my hand through this. I thank you that you gave me a fresh word every day. I thank you that you put people in my life that I knew would pray with me and pray for me. Amen. And support me through prayer. So I wasn't by myself. Amen. Even if not even spiritually and not even in the natural. God will send you people to encourage you. He'll send you an encouraging word. Amen. So distress. What do you call distress? Amen. Whatever that is. Situations that cause you upset that don't change very quickly. If you think about them. Amen. A lot of times we're distressed because we dwell on our problems. Things aren't going right. Maybe you've got to you know, walk this out a little bit before they get corrected. Or maybe God's trying to let you know that having all your ducks in a row is not essential for your happiness. You can be joyful even with difficulty in your life. Amen? You really can you'll find that god is much bigger than all of your problems he's much bigger than what the enemy's trying to do to you he's just much bigger amen he's just much bigger and so we've got to, to to trust in the bigness of god in the goodness of god in in god's ability to lift us up out of difficult circumstances you know people have survived horrendous things you know, people survive concentration camps, survive slavery. So, I mean, just all kinds. People do horrible things to one another. You know, we're we're upset because somebody didn't notice us when we walked in church. You need to be trying to notice God yourself when you get in there. You know, it's like, God, make me small. Make me humble so that I'm not trying to draw the glory away from you, draw attention away from you. Just allow me to decrease so that you can increase in my life. Amen? That's that's the way Christians live. And it's a challenge for us sometimes. So we're distressed about a lot of things. We, you know, get upset. I was telling Pastor Shirley, I said, I said, I still get nervous when bills come to my house. I mean, and I know I got the money to pay them, but it's a habit. It's a reflex. It's a, it's an automatic thing. And then I'll sit there and look at that envelope. I said, Oh boy, I got to open you. I'm, oh, I can tell you ain't due till so. I ain't go out. You, you understand what I'm saying? You sit there and talk to that. Like it's, it's worth talking to when you know, you're going to pay it anyway. You know, we can let minor things distress us and get us all worked up like it's a big number and you're not paying it anyway. God's supplying all your needs. He's doing the heavy lifting. All we got to do is write the check. But see, that's the thief in us. See, if we could get, if we could get away with not writing that check and spend that money on something else, we'd be ever so, ooh, now, see, there this happens sometimes. Sometimes, you know, they'll get a payment late or something. And when they send the other one, your your payment went into that. And it'll say, no payment due at this time. You get so happy. A little nut. And you got a late fee sitting up there beside it just to show you how crazy you are. But you got happy because no payment due at this time. Ready to throw a party. Amen. Amen. So we can let minor things distress us. You know, I mean, I've seen it, you know, especially with new Christians. When you're new in the things of God, cut yourself some slack. Just, God, get me somewhere and make me stay planted so I can grow. Don't let me want to be one of these people to jump up and leave and don't want to go here and don't want to do this. Let me stay planted. So that I can start growing in you. So I can learn more. So I can be more knowledgeable about spiritual things. Because you need people down here who know what they're doing. God's got enough people walking around here that don't know nothing. And are pretending like they do. So you don't want to be those people. You want to be those people who are knowledgeable about the things of God. And the devil's going to fight you on it. He'll have you notice every small thing somebody says to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just so you can have an excuse for staying mad or staying home or whatever it is. Like you hurting somebody. That's funny. You know, sometimes you come back to church after you've been gone and people say, I didn't even know you wasn't here. I didn't notice you weren't here. Boy, that's a kick in the pants. Did all this so you can get attention and make them suffer because you weren't coming. Get real get real see all of this stuff will separate you shock you what people do sometimes they start losing interest and just drift away you know i've seen it all i've seen people that you know they'll come when they start doing better oftentimes people find something else to do than come to church they get their first decent job you know what i'm saying you know, that's that's got a title, a desk and, and a decent paycheck. And then they they go missing. Yeah. Well God told me um um I should well, you know, um I'm, I'm well am I, I'm going to a church, yeah, when you want to. Yeah. Let's see. You go to a church the small, people know you and they see you, you just can't be missing that easily. You got me? So they like to drift over into a large, but and they don't go. I know for a fact they don't know they don't go. Well, I still go. I'm my church. They'll call it their church. Well, pastor, don't know you. People don't know you. You know a handful of people, but you wanted the freedom to come and go as you please. Why? Because they don't see the the trouble that they're headed toward. You got me. They see other people. They left, and they didn't. You know, they didn't drop dead. See, that's what we measure it by. Something drastic happening. Well, God's going to take care of you. He loves you. He's hoping you straighten up. So He keeps helping you. He keeps trying to draw you back to Himself, the right way. So He's promised He would never leave you or forsake you. But because you know, something drastic didn't happen and, you know, the other shoe didn't drop. That doesn't mean you're doing what God wants you to do. You got me? You're just living like the heathen now and don't have sense enough to figure that out. That's how people in the world live. Getting away with stuff. Getting by with it. Nothing bad's happened. It must be okay with God. You know, there's a scripture. God says, just because I didn't say anything, you thought I was like you huh he's not like us just because he doesn't nitpick at us every little thing we do that doesn't mean he approves of it and you don't want to live on the edge you want to live in the center of god's will i don't know about you but i don't like not knowing if god's gonna bless me or not when i go to him no you want to have that relationship where you're certain He's glad you came by. He wants to talk to you. He loves your fellowship. You want to be that person. Amen. you got enough people in your life not wanting to see you coming. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need a friend. Amen. So persecution is another thing that will separate us from God. God will call on you to do something and you fear the backlash of it you're afraid what people might say now we got pulpits full of preachers that don't want to talk about sin anymore they want to preach sin they you know don't want to preach hell don't want to preach anything that's true that will really get people saved so god uses anybody who will give that message he'll use ordinary believers amen you know i've seen catholics out preaching you know telling people the the gospel and you know their churches their church services don't generally include a salvation message you got me not generally now they'll sometimes have scripture reading and stuff like that and and some of them do have some solid preaching but they're not known as being evangelical as soul winners but you'll see them telling people Jesus is the way. Well, you you gotta serve God. You gotta serve Jesus Christ. You can't. You won't get to heaven any other way. You got me. And so God can put that message in anybody's mouth. Some of these people are so so resistant to persecution and ridicule. Sometimes they'll be some of your best messengers because they could care less what what people say to them. That's negative or abrasive or hurtful, you can't hurt some people's feelings when they when they get under that anointing. Some of these people that stand in front of abortion clinics and you know try to get women to come over and talk to them and they they avoid them and some of them call the cops on them and they go keep going back over and over and over again. See those people will not, not allow persecution to separate them from God's love. They care less about that. Call the police. I don't care. Do what you need to do. But I'm, I'm commanded by God. I have a right to stand here and pray for these people. And if one of them want to come over and have me pray for them, I have a right to stand here and pray for that person and encourage that woman to keep her baby. You got me? The abortion people who, who, who do that, that ministry will tell you they've seen all kinds of Situations. And they'll, they'll say things like, well, this woman, a man drove her up and they were in this very expensive car or a limousine drove up and the woman was in the back seat. And I just asked the Lord, I said, Lord, just let me catch her eye. Let me, just let me make eye contact with her. Amen. That, that little bit of prayer, little bit of hope and they'll suffer persecution for it. Amen. They'll, they'll know that that person doesn't want to look anybody in the eye, but they feel like God, if I can just make eye contact, maybe you can touch their heart so that they have a change of heart. You see, little, little gains. How many of us would, would go day after day after day just for that little bit of encouragement that we're doing God's will? Day after day after day, people just walk past, don't think any, don't don't say anything. But yet those people persist in going. Amen. That's persecution. When people shun you, now they want to arrest them and put them in jail. You got to stay so many feet back. You can't talk to anybody anymore. And so God is moving folks. He's moving us. The people who are what we call his remnant. People who are faithful to God who are still wanting to go out and share Christ with people, want to give your testimony, want to preach the gospel, want to pray for the sick, want to do those things. God is is putting us in a place where we are sheltered from a lot of the persecution that goes out in the world. Why? Because we are are we are contained in his love. See, if you can withstand persecution, that means the devil can't separate you from the love of God. If you can withstand difficult times and you still remain faithful, you still come to church, you still pray, you still do your watch, you still share Christ with people. If you care about people's souls and you act on it, that means that the the love of God is keeping you close to him. Amen. And that's what God wants. That's all he asks us for. Don't separate yourself from my love. Don't ever think that I don't care about you. Don't ever think that I'm not looking out for you, no matter what happens to you in the natural. Don't equate that with whether or not I care about you and love you or not. And see, if we can keep going, if that's the one thing, if, if the devil strips you of everything else you know, if you can just hang on to, you know what, I know for a fact God loves me. You can never take that away from me, devil. I don't care what all I go through. I don't care what all I lack, what all I wish I had, what all I wish I hadn't done, and still might do wrong. I still know God loves me. I'm not going to give up on that. Amen? And that's what God expects from us. As long as you are kept in his love, you got a fighting chance, And and as long as you're in the fight, you're pleasing him. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, that nothing that the enemy sets before us, nothing we have to endure can separate us from your love. It's in Christ Jesus. And, Lord, as long as we can go to you and lift up our hands and worship you and you respond with your presence, we know your love is there. Your love is there to keep us, to shelter us, to help us. To allow us to be able to be strengthened from day to day. We never doubt your love, Lord. We never doubt your love. That's the most important thing. It doesn't matter how anybody treats us. We know we're loved by you. Why? Because you've given your life for us. You've given us your very, very best. We could not ask for anything more. And so, Lord, we want to be people who endure patiently. We want to endure valiantly. We want to endure in peace and love and in joy. And so we thank you, Lord, even though this world is getting darker and darker. Your light is raining. Your light is is radiating through us. And we are living in your light and your love. So we thank you, Father, for your great, great love for us that you've shown toward us. And you continue to shed on us every day, Father. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen again. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. I don't have whatever you fill in the blanks, high blood pressure, heart disease, whatever, diabetes, whatever, and it don't have me. Thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed amen 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 and amen again it's so decreed amen praise god praise god amen